a movement that, that, that advocates for the merge of humans and technology, the enhancement of human capabilities, surpassing the natural limitations of our biology, a vision to achieve, to achieve superior physical, intellectual, and emotional capacities. There is one fatal flaw about transhumanism. So let's get into love, death, and transhumanism. All right, listen up. It's Jason, and I'm back. Though I'm not holding any punches, while your present ear is appreciated, let's not kid ourselves. This isn't a tea party. This is a podcast that thrives on controversy, that revels in the uncomfortable, and it sure as hell isn't here to coddle to your sensitivities. So before we get into it, let's get one thing straight. You're going to get offended. Your worldviews, they're going to be shaken. You'll hear stuff you vehemently disagree with, and I want you to know that's the point. This is a place where we don't tiptoe around the harsh truths. We confront them head on. We're talking mature content. We're diving into topics that'll make you think. So if you're ready to step into the ring of unapologetic discourse, then stick around. But be warned, this isn't a stroll in the park. It's a plunge into the depths of real conversation. In some films, you see machines become so advanced that they end up taking over the world. Well, I'm here to reassure you and to let you know that this scenario absolutely will happen. And here's how. In psychology, there's a thought experiment known as the ship of Theseus. What happens if you apply this concept to people? At what point is a person no longer the same person? After a hand transplant? How about a heart transplant? A face transplant? And what if you were to use non-human parts? At what point is a person no longer even human? The origins of transhumanism can be traced back to the mid-20th century. Think post-World War II. A period marked by rapid technological advancement and a surge in speculative science fiction. Thinkers and visionaries began contemplating the prospect of transcending the limitations of human biology through scientific means. And this conceptual framework gained substantial momentum in the 1990s. As a collective of scholars, scientists, and ethicists coalesced around the idea, their collective aim was to grapple with the profound ethical, philosophical, and societal implications of fundamentally altering the human condition. So this movement is a blazing torchbearer, igniting a path that compels us to envision a future where the lines between human and machine blur into insignificance. It thrusts us into a maelstrom of contemplation, forcing us to confront the soul-steering ethical dilemmas that arise when we wield the power to enhance ourselves. It's a seismic shift in perspective, one that forces us to look deep into the heart of our existence and ask, What does it truly mean to be human? Are we to shape the course of our own evolution?
Imagine you have a quilt passed down through generations. This vibrant, soft, and handmade quilt with the fabric of wool or whatever the fuck, and it's beautiful. You receive this quilt, now four generations later. That's 400 years, technically. But some of the patches are faded. The fabric is coming undone, so you fix it up. Replace a few patches with more vibrant patterns that look good for your home. And then you pass it down to your children, the fifth generational inheritor of this quilt. They see more patches need replacing, more fabric re-sewn. They pass it on, more and more, and by this time, every patch has been replaced. Its vibrancy is back to where it started. All new synthetic fabric material, all new machine-sewn edges. It brings about a peculiar question. Now they can program themselves and make themselves the most sophisticated form of whatever software can run on whatever hardware is available, and then they'll just improve that hardware. And then you have gods, and you have gods like within a matter of a couple of years. I think we should have stopped this shit <laughs> when the flashlight came out. That should have been the last human technology integration ever. We should have stopped there. We're gonna have Transhumanism is the next logical step in the evolution of humanity. An evolution that began with the invention of tools and fire, accelerated with the advent of language, and is now poised to skyrocket beyond our wildest imagination. A quote by Natasha Vita Moore, a transhumanist philosopher and advocate. But invention, the creation of something entirely new, a novel solution to a problem we have yet to solve, a deliberate, and conscious act of creation. And evolution, a gradual process of change, development that occurs over an unfathomable amount of time. Genetic variation, selection, adaptation to environmental conditions, evolution is a result of natural mechanisms and is not a conscious or deliberate act. So given the quote, Transhumanism is the next logical step in the evolution of humanity that began with the invention of tools and fire is simply a fallacy. See, we do not control evolution. We can only change our environmental conditions, which in turn changes the direction of our evolution, but we as humans do not have control. You may be saying now, Jason, can't you see that if we control the direction, we control the destination? The answer may not be what you think. So let's dive a little deeper into that. Listen to this. Instead of carrying your wallet in your back pocket or your purse, a tech company wants you to keep it under your skin. Hmm. All right, so let's explain here. WalletMore is selling microchips implanted in your hand as an alternate payment. Could this be the future? Maybe. Once you set up your card info in the company's app, Look at this, it says payments could be as easy as swiping your hand over a card reader. Right now, chips are not sold in the US. Crazy. The Mark of the Beast. When the spiritual people awaken to address something with such aggression, you know you've kicked a nest ripe with honey. But can't you see? These chips under your skin, they are easy, convenient. They allow you to have all your necessary, mandatory information on your person at all times. 
so you never forget. Also, it connects wirelessly to your smartphone. Everyone has a smartphone, can't you see? We are creating a product that is fertile with revenue streams. We are solving a problem for billions of people. We have an island to purchase and we need the money quick and as clean as we can get it. So let me implant you with this chip into the back of your skull so I can sell your thoughts to the corporate overlords for better personalized advertisements. Well, you will never miss a sale from Apple ever again. You will want to buy a Microsoft product every year. You will crave McDonald's every Thursday and Chick-fil-A every Sunday. You are the product. Facebook is a human data collection company. TikTok, Timu, they have been proven to collect, sell, and store all of your information, yet you gullible, little Tide Pod-eating, Walmart-stealing, BLM-supporting, ADHD, Big Pharma, Bethesda-loving mouth-breathers just don't see it. You just don't look up. While you're busy watching football, drinking poison with your friends, eating the slop on the table, and itch to watch the next leftist get owned by the least-hated Jew, you don't see the people being murdered by the wicked witch with a huge smile just chilling in the Cedar Rapids. You still think Diana was killed in a car accident. You still think the government had nothing to do with Kennedy's death. You still believe that there were weapons of mass destruction and you deny that the puppet has been our president and no one knows who really calls the shots. You still fall for the corporate holiday of December 25th and every weekend before it. With advances in the transhumanism movement, blind people will be cured. People who are completely paralyzed will be walking, jumping, and playing pickleball. You will see more and more incredible medical advancements. But here's another amazing quote from the community of activists. The essence of transhumanism is a The essence of transhumanism is not about transcending our humanity, but about realizing its full potential. A quote by Martine Rothblatt, an entrepreneur, lawyer, and author known for her work in pharmaceuticals and transhumanist philosophy. What if humans were able to see in infrared or zoom to molecular levels? What if humans were able to augment their spine to correct their posture, balance, and overall everyday motions? What if people were able to customize their face every day? Today, you decided that you wanted to have a huge mustache, and maybe tomorrow, you can be blue-eyed instead of hazel. Or what if... Hey, uh, my name is Willie uh, with Snap-on Tools. Uh, I'm sorry to bother you. Uh, I was seeing that you were struggling there to reach the drill bit you had dropped down there. Uh, so I was wondering, um, have you ever thought to yourself, like, uh, w what if you had magnetic fingers and a 12-volt interchangeable drill with our specially designed nibs that can get this snap on to your hand just like that? Now, your, your hand is made from recycled aluminum, carbon fiber tips that have these very uh, rare earth magnets at the ends, so you never have to worry about dropping the super durable, double-coated drill bits ever again. What do you think? Get the fuck out of here. 
The idea of changing your body to fit your lifestyle does sound pretty cool, but there are some weird caveats to this type of topic. Well, for starters, innovation thrives on limitation. It's one of my favorite ways of thinking. I love that because of how you approach things. So for example, in Minecraft, you only have stairs, slabs, blocks, and some other unique shit, but for the most part, you have these three kinds of blocks. And so you have to make a chair, a couch, a desk, an ottoman, an archway. See, that's how people get creative and build things that take the limitation to its depths and create something unique out of it. If you could just swap out your legs for running and go run a marathon real easy, or swap out your arms and hands for ones that are strong enough for a slap boxing fight, then it would defeat the purpose of practice, devotion, and well, innovation. It's amazing how people are, once you show them the capabilities of themselves. No one thought you could run more than 20 miles per hour until someone did. Then everyone looked at themselves and said, huh, I guess we can do that. And then every year after that, they broke more and more records, knowing it's a possibility. What if tomorrow you're listening to your favorite podcast, <clears throat> and you get an ad that states that J.P. Morgan Bank is willing to give you $3,000 a month for the rest of your life, so long that you participate in their early adoption program for their new product slash service called the Touch Key, a chip that connects all of your bank information under the skin of your index finger. Then you see hundreds of thousands of people using it. So you get it. It's pretty cool. Then they come at you with an extra 500 bucks a month if you get the OptiLink, an eye implant, that when you see a product, it will scan it and list the price in a brief description. Ah, man, you got me. Now you're making 3,500 bucks a month and then you get an offer on a new device that will give you another $1,000 a month, but it's an implant in your balls that allows you to toggle your sperm on and off, like an on-demand vasectomy. And you can also see the health of your sperm. Well, that's handy. I mean, might as well. I'm sick of buying plan Bs anyway, fuck it. Boom, $4,500 a month is fantastic. You don't have to work another day, you're free to do whatever the fuck you want, and you have the convenience of pressing your index finger to any POS system, and then you can scan the items with your eye and... Oh. Stand by for download. Okay. Oh, that was quick. Anyways. Oh, alright. Some people say the metaverse will only be virtual. What? Whoa, I can't fucking see. And whoa, whoa, whoa. Students, what they learn together is real. How do I take this off? Whoa, how do I take this off? Pay $4,500 a month to disable ads. Patch by patch, where do we draw the line on too much, right? So there instills the fatal flaw of transhumanism. And now I've been alluding to this this whole episode. I know, I know, go me. I'm created subtext, I know, calm down. Let me lay it out. Professionally, maturely, and hopefully you will understand where I've gone with it. And remember, I said understand, not agree. Two different things. Okay, cool.
Transhumanism, for all its grand aspirations, harbors a host of foreboding pitfalls. One glaring concern is the perilous trajectory towards an even more pronounced socioeconomic divide. As these cutting-edge technologies emerge, they are poised to be luxuries for the privileged, leaving the masses further marginalized. This trajectory paints a grim picture of a future where the haves and have-nots are divided not just by wealth, but by access to fundamental enhancements. Moreover, the lofty goal of radical life extension is fraught with peril. Beyond the technical complexities lie unsettling ethical dilemmas. Prolonging life may inadvertently burden individuals and society at large. Grappling with the consequences of overpopulation, resource scarcity, and existential ennui. The naivety in pursuing this as an unmitigated good without thoroughly weighing these repercussions is stark. There's a looming specter of unintended consequences, unforeseen side effects lurking in the shadows of transhumanist ambition. The hubris of tampering with the very essence of humanity carries with it the potential for catastrophic missteps. As we meddle with our biology and cognition, the specter of unforeseen consequences haunts us, a grim reminder of the limits of human understanding. Finally, the ethical quagmire that transhumanism ushers in is deeply concerning. It calls into question the very fabric of our moral compass. Are we prepared to relinquish our intrinsic human nature in exchange for enhancements? What defines us when the lines between human and machine blur? These are not just intellectual exercises. They are gut-wrenching existential questions that cast a long, foreboding shadow over the transhumanist endeavor. And in scrutinizing transhumanism through a pessimistic lens, it's not a dismissal of its potential, but a stark warning of the treacherous path ahead. As we hurtle towards a future where the boundaries of humanity are increasingly blurred, we must not do so with blind abandon, but with a sober recognition of the abyss that stares back. In the grand tapestry of existence, transhumanism unfurls a vision of boundless potential. It beckons us towards the horizon of possibilities, enticing us to ponder what it means to transcend our current limitations. Yet, in this relentless pursuit of progress, we mustn't forget the remarkable gift that each of us already possesses. Consider this. Every strand of DNA, every genetic quirk, is a testament to an intricate dance that has unfolded across eons. It's a narrative of adaptation, resilience, and the sheer tenacity of life itself. Our genes, imperfect and yet so utterly remarkable, have shaped us into the individuals we are today. They are a masterpiece, not in spite of their quirks, but because of them. Transhumanism's promise is tantalizing. But the crux of wisdom lies in the embrace of the present. It's about recognizing the extraordinary nature of the genes we carry within us. They are not mere 
sequences of molecules, but the blueprint of countless generations, a testament to the indomitable spirit of life's journey. Now, my friends, let's march forward with the vigor of youth, tempered by the wisdom to cherish the present moment. Let's explore the possibilities that transhumanism offers while never losing sight of the profound beauty within us. Let's be content with the genes that we have, for they are a legacy, a living testament to the symphony of life. In this intricate dance of genes and evolution, let us shed the shadows of higher powers and embrace the remarkable fact that we are here, right now, on this incredible path. And it's not by chance, but by the remarkable interplay of time, life, and the ceaseless march of progression. So, let us revel in this moment, for it is a privilege beyond measure. Thanks again for lending Thanks again for lending me your ears today. My name is Jason, or The Art Samurai, and I know I've been slacking with the timing of these episodes, trust me. Recently, I've been trudging through some mud, but I am fueled by the strength of stoicism, and it brings me to understand a beautiful statement, this too shall pass. And that brings me to my last breath. Thank you. If you liked this episode, or maybe you didn't, but want to share it with somebody who might, I'm not selling anything. It's all free. So just send it over, or play it in the car and see what kind of conversation strikes up. You never know. But anyways, follow for a refreshing new way to podcast. This is Love, Death, and Topic, and I'll hopefully see you in my next episode on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or honestly, anywhere podcasts are. Thanks again. Hi-ya! Hi-ya!